Hi, and welcome to the Mastering Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt, and Happy New Year. Now, today's episode is a special one for me because it's really all about owning your greatness. I realize that the stories we create in our head are everything. The stories are often generated from this internal belief system that we have. And the moment we change our story is the moment we change our life. Many of us have beliefs about ourselves and our ability to do or not do certain things. We often complicate things in self-sabotage. We get in our own way with these limiting beliefs we create and the stories we create around why we're not good enough to pursue this or that. I struggled with fear and worry of not being good enough or disappointing the people I loved. And this fear was crippling for me. It's something that I had for a very long time, and I still do in certain areas of my life. It, it has conditioned me to have more of a doing mentality where I seldomly pause and reflect on the progress I've made in life. Instead, I often criticize myself on how much more I have left to go or what I need to do next. And if I win or accomplish a task, it's never, good job, Matt. Look at what you've just created or accomplished here. Instead, it's, okay, what do I need to do next? A mentor of mine once told me the importance of adopting a doobie-doobie mentality, which is just as it sounds. It's important for us to do just as important as it is for us to be. So I try to be more mindful of having more balanced do-be-do-be mentality instead of this unbalanced do-do-do-go-go-go pursuit. And it started with the practice of self-compassion. And it was awkward at first, yeah, but really powerful and groundbreaking for me. And the more I began to practice it, and applied in my own life, then it kind of evolved to mindfulness, which really worked for me too. Mindfulness for me, it wasn't about setting aside one hour to sit in absolute silence in a, in a room by myself meditating. It was simply just pausing for two to three minutes before I jumped right into a task. It was in these micro moments of just being breathing, and setting my intention for what's to come. To simply just be right here in this moment, to take a beat in life, to pause before I opened up my computer to start working or when I was in my car before I put my keys in the ignition to go to work. It was, it was like a prayer before a meal. And it was a skill that I began to practice and, and apply the pause before jumping right into an activity. This began to transform my do-do-do mentality into a more balanced do-be-do-be mentality. At first, it felt really inefficient and uncomfortable. And that's why I had to take it in these smaller micro moments or these chunks. But I found that when I did that, when I paused for two to three minutes to just be, 
before I jumped into any task. I was more effective. I was more efficient and present. And I was more on and in flow during the tasks that I had at hand. And it's true. We need to slow down in order for us to speed up. But when my fear kicks in, this fear of not being good enough or not feeling like I'm doing enough, this is when I begin to compare myself to others and it cripples me and it brings me right back into this do-do-do mentality. Here's a perfect example of a time that my fear got the best of me and how I was taught in that moment to slow down. So it was the summer of 2006 when I went to go visit my golf coach, Joe Thiel, in Seattle, Washington. And to paint you a picture, at that time, I was a rookie on the professional golf tour, playing in events and trying to qualify my way into bigger events. But my swing, uh, my technical game was just not feeling right. So I needed to tune up before my next tournament. So, And because I wasn't making much money at that time, I was a struggling golf pro, I remember staying at my half-sister's house in Seattle, and she put me up for the night in her study with a pull-out couch and a TV, which was all I needed. And I remember this one night. It was uh, it was late July, summer evening, and it was hot in Seattle, and I couldn't sleep. So I turned on the TV, and a special documentary of Tiger Woods was featured. So I began watching this and I began listening to Tiger talk about himself and his competitive mentality. Something strange started happening within me. The, my, my fear of not being enough was triggered and I started to get really anxious from just watching the show. So as the program continued, I got to a point where I felt so uncomfortable. I remember turning off the TV because I just, I felt inadequate compared to the likes of Tiger. I, I asked myself, I'm training right now to compete against Tiger Woods and players like Tiger. How in the world are you expecting to do this for a living if you are intimidated from just watching him on TV? Like, what are you thinking, man? How are you supposed to do this? There's no way you're going to be successful at this. And in that split moment of criticizing myself, my inner narrative came up with all the reasons why I'm not good enough to play professional golf. This, this fear overwhelmed me. And the first thing I thought to do in that moment was to pray. I, I literally got down on my knees and I began praying to God, asking God to change me to be more like Tiger if he really wanted me to play and pursue competitive golf. So I prayed uh, to be more fierce and more competitive and to have this shark-like mentality. And after a few moments of praying, I, I heard a whisper in my ear. It, it said, Matthew, why would I change you when I made you so perfectly? This was the moment that changed everything for me. Now, at that moment, I had to write something down. So I went to my sister's printer and I took out a blank sheet of paper and I found a pen nearby. 
and I drew a line right down the middle of that blank piece of paper. On the left side, I began writing down all the things I was praying about wanting to become, a tiger's qualities of being fierce, more competitive, more driven. And on the right side, I began writing a list of all the qualities that I know I already possess, things that were natural for me, like being a good listener, uh, being empathetic, creative, wanting to be there for people, to teach and to motivate others. What I did next was out of the ordinary. Like I, I would usually focus on the list on the left and set them as goals to work towards. This activates my do-do-do mentality, which is more comfortable for me. But instead, I cut that piece of paper in half. And that list on the left, I crumpled it up and I threw it away in the trash. And all that was left right in front of me was that list on the right. The things I already possess. The makeup of who I already am. And then I asked myself, if the items on this list are my superpower, what would I be naturally good at? Now, for the longest time, I've always viewed my natural tendencies of being empathetic, kind, supportive, and patient as negatives, just getting in the way of me becoming the best competitive golfer that I can be. But in that moment when God told me that my natural strengths and my tendencies were perfect, it gave me permission to view them with a different set of lens. The moment I began to see my natural tendencies as gifts rather than weaknesses, I began creating a new story, a new narrative about my life, which allowed me to make a pivot from competition to compassion and coaching. You see, we all have fears. We all have insecurities that blind us to the things that make us different, unique, and special. And instead of celebrating and honoring our unique traits, we judge them. We criticize ourselves when we begin to compare ourselves to others or the image of where we think we should be or ought to be in life. Psychologists call this counterfactual thinking. It's where we imagine outcomes that didn't happen. There was a study done on happiness and compared silver medalists to bronze medalists on the Olympic podium. And you would think that because silver outperformed bronze, they would be happier. But the opposite was true. Silver medalists were less happy than bronze medalists because of counterfactual thinking. Silver medalists compared upward to what they didn't achieve or what they could have achieved but didn't. Bronze medalists, on the other hand, they compared themselves downward, meaning they were grateful to be going home with hardware or to simply have made it to the podium. There was more gratitude about being where they were and to have achieved what they did, where silver medalists were focusing more on I could have Bronze medalists were focusing more on at least, at least I got something today. You see, the biggest difference that was a direct correlation to happiness was silver medalists compared themselves to others, the gold medalist. 
Bronze medalists, on the other hand, they compared themselves to themselves. Comparing ourselves to others is a trap. Yet we all do it, especially now more than ever because of social media. It's a never-ending cycle that will trigger all of our insecurities and fears. We cannot compare our lives to others because our life is not theirs and, and their life is not ours. The narratives we create inside of our mind dictate our lives. The stories we create powerfully dictate the actions we begin to take in our life and who we think we can or cannot become. It's our beliefs, our stories that determine our destiny. Now, you may look at your natural qualities and tendencies and view them from the lens of not good enough or I need more of this. But you can also view your natural tendencies as just right, perfect, or a work in progress but lovable and enough for me. The only story we have control over is our own. And only we can do what we do. No one in this world can beat you doing you. The moment you give yourself permission to change your narrative is the moment you give yourself the freedom to write your own story the way you want. Remember, comparing your life to others will not make you more happy. Think like a bronze medalist. Compare yourself to yourself. Only you can do what you do. And there is not a single person in this world that can beat you doing you. Happy New Year, everyone. Be safe. Be present. Be loved. I appreciate the journey that you have been on with me in this mastering mindset. I hope to tune in with you in the year 2022 and to be a part of your life and your journey towards mastering your mindset. Thank you, everyone.